Welcome to the podcast of confusion. My name is Ariana and I will be your host. This is episode three and it is going to be about Charles Whitman's brain. So first, I am going to give you some details of who Charles Joseph Whitman was. He was born in Lake Worth, Florida on June 24, 1941. He grew up with a perfectionist, demanding father who had a violent temper. He joined the Marines and became a skilled sharpshooter, but was honorably discharged from the Marine Corps. He then enrolled in the University of Texas, eventually studying architecture in 1965. By 1966, Whitman suffered from severe headaches and felt something was wrong. Maybe something was wrong with his brain. He wasn't sure. Along with the headaches, he was suffering with some mental health concerns and was having acute fits of anger. He consulted a therapist at the university to discuss the concerns he was having over his mental health. He only made it to that initial appointment with the therapist. He never returned to have another session of therapy. Also in 1966, Whitman's mother left his father after suffering years of abuse. She moved into an apartment not too far from where Charles Whitman was living. On the evening of July 31st, 1966, Whitman went to his mother's apartment and stabbed and shot her. He left a note with her body saying, truly sorry that this was the only way I could see to relieve her sufferings, but I think it was best. Whitman then went to his home that he shared with his wife. His wife went to sleep that night and he stabbed her to death also. The following events that happened on August 1st, 1966 were what named Charles Whitman the Texas Tower Sniper. He went to the University of Texas campus in Austin, Texas, climbed the steps going to the top floor of the 307-foot clock tower and went to the observation deck. He then opened fire, shooting 46 people from atop the tower. Ultimately, Charles Whitman killed 16 people, including his mother and wife. He left so many injured with his actions. He was eventually shot down by police and died on scene. In a journal they found of his, Whitman asked for an autopsy and examination of his brain to be completed upon his death to see if there was something in his brain causing the mental problems he was experiencing. He knew something was wrong, he just had that intuition. During the examination of his brain, a tumor was found with the diameter size of a nickel. The tumor was compressing a part of his brain that involves emotional regulation, especially fear and aggression. Damage to this part of the brain causes emotional and social disturbances, which 
brings me to the point of this topic for this episode. His brain was eventually part of a large quantity of brains donated to the University of Texas Psychology Department in the 1980s for educational purposes. These brains were not, quote, normal. They were of patients from an asylum or from people that had mental diagnoses. And the brains were to be studied because they did not have the appearance or anything of the average brain. They were in jars of formaldehyde for preservation. 200 brains were given to the university. One of them was Charles Whitman's. A hundred of them were stored in the psychology lab and the others were stored in the basement of the university's Animal Resources Center. They were labeled with the mental diagnosis the person had, but today his brain, along with 99 others, are missing. 100 brains went missing from the university campus. Whitman's brain was believed to be included among them. Unfortunately, the rest of the brains are missing their origins. They don't know who they belong to because the university wasn't able to obtain the records from the hospital that they were donated from. The records containing that information were either lost or damaged over the years. The brains were sitting at the university for nearly 30 years before they went missing. Some university officials believe that the brains were stolen by students to be used for Halloween or as a prank, whatever. Apparently, the University of Texas in Austin has issued statements since then, later saying that the brains were disposed of by the university's environmental health and safety officials in 2002. They say this was done under biological waste. For obvious reasons, not many believe the statement given. I believe they did not enjoy being talked about for losing a hundred brains. I don't believe the brains were destroyed, as they say in their statements. I do believe they were stolen whether it be by students or who really knows whoever had access to that basement or could have gotten access to it. They sat around for so long. I don't understand what someone would do with a hundred jars of human brains or how they would get them out of the basement without being caught do have some questionable interests. Maybe they wanted to take the brains for just to have them. It was an appealing idea. They were just sitting around for so long no one would notice. Maybe they took them to do their own research. Who knows? The situation is questionable for sure, but to this day, the brains have not been found, whether they were destroyed or stolen. 
So, what do you think happened to them? Thank you for listening to today's episode. Email me at podcastofconfusion at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at podcastofconfusion and Twitter at theconfusionpod. And I'll be back next Monday with another episode.